Welcome to the Progress with Unity podcast. Uh, we're looking back on the whole City game. We're looking forward to an FA Cup weekend. And we've got a little bit of transfer news to chat about. We've got a full house this evening, but we're joined by a guest, Ant Norgrace from the Two Hollenbach podcast. How are you doing, Ant? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, I was all right till about, I don't know, about quarter past four on uh, Monday. And, then, <laughs> and everything fell apart. Yeah, so the game, 4-1. Again, third 4-1 on the bounce. Again, late goals, Cedars off. From an away fan perspective, did you feel comfortable? Or at any point, did you feel that we were going to win it? I thought the first half, at half-time, I, I turned to my mate who I came with, we could score four or five today. I, I thought Wigan were really poor in the first half. I thought we were massively in control. I thought whatever system Torre decided to start for you guys just allowed us to have all the possession. Sari was flourishing in the middle. He was, you know, he was he was pretty much open every time we had the ball. And he didn't really make life difficult for us. But I also said at half-time that Wigan can only get better. And, you know, Torre would put a metaphorical rocket up there behind at half-time and they'd have to come out and, and, and show a bit of something to get back into the game. And I think, it, did he change formation to a 4-4-2 or something like that? Your line pushed a bit higher, your, your pressing was more organised, it was more intense and you put us under a bit of pressure and, and, and we could sense a goal was coming. And I did say it'd probably be from a set piece and then when Seri did that mistake and gave the corner away and then what was it Broadhead manages to score an header surrounded by four of our players it's just like oh it's going to be one of these games but he didn't really take the impetus once you scored that goal it, it, it you know a couple of changes from Rosinha and, and, and we kind of tried to go a bit more direct and in behind and a couple of lumped centre-half kicks you know put us back in front and, and then from that point we were comfortable again so barring the, 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 the little period at the beginning of the second half I think um, the majority of the game was pretty much coasting for us well that that's how I felt <clears throat> if I'm being perfectly honest at half time I know Charlie's mentioned this quite a few times but oh we defend very narrow so you, you you've got your full backs on the edge of our own box when we lined up in the in the second half Niambe was on the touchline and, and straight away I realised there'd been a, a bit of a tactical shift and I thought it made us look a lot better especially for that opening 15 minutes for the first half especially for the for the first sort of 30 minutes we were so rigid in our formation we stuck to a 4-2-3-1 but we were so narrow again and it just allowed Greaves on the left and Christie on the right to get down those touch lines and then our space in between the lines was so expanded that like you say Suri was able to get in and just control the game and I don't think that Hull were very tidy with the attacking in the first half. I think if they really got into some sort of fluid motion, they could have scored two or three passes. But there was just a there was just a few little misplaced passes, and Wigan were able to to nick possession off them a couple of times. But like you say, second half we came out, we were so much better, looked so much more attacking. We flourished a bit better, and and it led to a well deserved goal in my opinion. That first goal of uh, Hull City's, Paul Kendrick tweeted, "There's a big boost today," and he left it at that. And it was Jack Watmore who's coming back from from injury. Um, well, that first first goal. I mean, what was he doing there? Well, what 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 got me about that goal was that when the ball came over from the corner, Greaves was completely unmarked. I think he headed it back into the box. Came the ball came back to him. He was still unmarked, and then he had a shot. I, I just thought, what, how how can how can a player be unmarked twice in the same move? Surely, if he's unmarked the first time, it should set alarm bells ringing. You know, oh, maybe I better go out there and n- not let him have another chance. What? What? I don't know. Yeah, and and Jack Watmore's part in it. So he he, I didn't recognize him 
doing that match. I've never seen him play like that before. I wondered if he was fully fit. That was, you know, if he's been thrown back in there before he's ready. He seemed a little bit like that because he, he seemed with it. You know, he, he weren't with it. You must have been rubbing your hands um, with that with that goal. The marking was terrible. That's the kind of defending that we were used to for some, from set piece. So it was nice to be on the other side of it. <laughs> the the key thing there, Jack Watmore stood watching. It's thinking time. And it's not playing with instinct. It's in their heads now. You know, we've been done four, one, three times on the bounce. It's in their heads. And, and that's what you've got to sort out now. We're Sorry. in a mess. I don't think Watmore's been that good this season. If you remember, his marking was terrible for the Sheffield United goal. For me, he's not he's not lived up to what he was last season. As he stepped up like we thought he would, probably not. So that's a negative. I think the, there's no positives from the game against Hull, is there? The two uh, sort of five games is the fact that who we've played, we seem to be playing teams that, you know, Hull, yeah, the away record wasn't great, but they were on a decent run of form. And the other four sides we've played are all kind of in the top eight, aren't they? You know, so, yeah, but, you know, and he's learning on the job. And no, not, but, but, he's not got any of his players Adam, none of them are, are, are what you call top-class size, though, are they? Apart from Sheffield United, but the the other Borough. I mean, Borough spent most of the season in the in in the bottom half. Hull, with you know all respect, have spent most of the season in the bottom six. You know, and they've turned us over four-one. Yeah. But the thing is, though, it's about sort of form and confidence, isn't it? And you know, even going into the Torre era, you know, the confidence wasn't fantastic. I know we'd beat Blackpool just before. But, you know, we were on a poor run under Richardson. Then we had the break. Uh, we did all right against Millwall, um, which is a tough place to go to. But then we struggled against... And I don't think we should be too snobby about this, really. You know, you're saying they're not great sides. I think, for me, that they're good championship sides. I, they can do a job. So I don't think we should be snobby about it. Because, in fact, we were doing that at the start of the season. We were a great side. But we're picking up loads of points. I've got to come in now because, to be honest with you, I know what you're saying, and, and you, you, you're saying I shouldn't be talking like that. But you look at some of our past results and against the teams that we've played. I mean, we went to Norwich and got a point. Norwich just dropped out of the Premier League. Swansea, we put, you know, we sh- we should have won that game. Uh, you said like the form under Richardson, Rotherham away won it. Blackburn at home won all going all in October. These going into that going into that into that break. We're very unlucky against Watford to lose that game one 0 I thought we deserved to win that. QPR away again, again we, we we should have got something for. It was only I mean you think about that chance right at the end with McGuinness, how that ball didn't end up in the back of the net. But this this was the role that that we were going on. We were in games with competitive. The only one really you'd probably said was Middlesbrough at home where we were shocking. But let's talk about all while we've got Ant here. Let's talk about all. 75 minutes in, Joe Bennett goes down left back. And for mm. me, that was the big turning point in the game. He went off. I, McLean, I agree. Yeah. yeah. McLean had to drop to, to left back. We lost that impetus there. Who did he bring on for him? Josh yeah, McGinnis yeah, came on for, yeah, for, yeah. for Bennett. And then that goal. Esther Pinyan, as we know, is a good player, but... Will he score an easier goal this season than that? If you look at pretty much every one of his goals, barring um, the couple of headers he scored, I think he scored a header against you guys at the reverse fixture. Pretty much all of his goals are like that. That's just the kind of striker he is. He's a poacher, gets in that area, puts himself there and just... He's not going to score you a 30-yard in the top bins 
worldy strike, but he, he he puts himself in those positions, picks up loose pieces and scores from it. And he's on 11 goals, third top scorer in the league, I think. And if he continues doing that, then, you know, we're, we're laughing really. He'll get us probably near around the 20 mark if he carries on the way he is. And, and that'll be crucial for us if we want to stay away from the bottom three. Smith came on and bagged two goals. From your perspective, what did you make of them? His first goal I was really impressed with because from where I was sat, the, the angle looked a lot tighter than I think it actually was when I watched the replay. But obviously, we're at the other end of the ground, so it was hard for us to actually see the ball go in the net. <laughs> there, I think there was a delay for the the East opinion goal because we didn't know whether he'd saved it or had it gone in or whatnot. But the way he took it, sort of confidently took it around the keeper and then managed to put it in the side netting. And then, like you said, he's played with Regan Slater in the Sheffield United Academy. So they've got that understanding. He knew, he said in his interview after the game, that as soon as Regan got down that side of the, the pitch, he just had to put himself in the box. And Slater's cross was, was very good. And he just threw himself at it and put it in the net. So, you know, these are the kind of chances that early on in the season we weren't taking. And it was nice to see us actually, you know, putting chances away because that's been our Achilles heel is just, you know, we were so wasteful usually in front of goal that hopefully we're now starting to find our goal scoring touch. I've got to, I've got to come in there, actually. But you, you said the way he took it around the keeper. I think our keeper bottled it. Yeah, no, he definitely did. I mean, it, 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 Smith's touch was a little hesitant, but, you know, Tyler Smith a month ago doesn't even attempt to get on the end of that because he's scared the keeper's going to clatter him. He, he's put his foot in there. Yes, yeah, so I think the, both of the players in the end were were rather hesitant to commit fully to that ball. And it just happened that Smith's touch took it under your keeper. I'm not entirely sure why your keeper even came out in the first place. I think it was poor goalkeeping, but it was a touch that that needed to happen. And it was lucky it was Smith that got it and not the goalkeeper. And, and from your point of view, you've seen us twice this season. You've seen us at your place where we took the lead mm-hmm. and then you, you pulled it back. And you've seen us at a place. Has there been a change in, in, in your point of view or are we still very much the same side? I remember coming on to review the the home game where we won two one, and I said that you were a tough side, that you were organised. You know, you made us really work to get to them goals, to, well, to score the goals to win the game. But that first half and towards the end of the second half, you, your team just looks. I, I don't know. I I don't know if it's the manager or just the fact that the players are currently lacking confidence, which happens when you go on bad runs in this league, especially when you're shipping in goals for fun. And we saw that under Avaladzi. The, the first half, especially, I remember all the fans that I was sat around, we were just saying like how poor Wigan were in that first half and how you we were there for the taking and how it was a negative, really, that we'd gone up only 1-0. You know, we should have we should have tried to really take charge of the game and be two or three goals up. But, you know, like I say, that's, that period at the start of the second half, where's that for 90 minutes? Why, why you know, is, is, is it, he's just, he's got his tactics wrong at the beginning of the game or he needs to watch the game first before then changing it? You know, you've, why aren't you doing that kind of research before the match and seeing that, you know, we want to take possession from the middle and try and control the game that way. So play that high line, crowd the middle out, stop us making those chances like you did at the start of the second half. Because I think if if we don't get that second goal, I think it's a totally different game. Because Wigan, where you, the, the start of that second half, we really were under the cost. We couldn't even get it out of our ass. It wasn't until I think Rosini started telling them to go a bit more direct and we hit a couple of random balls over the top that, you know, we benefited from that the game changed. But, you know, I'm just, I'm questioning Colo Torre's credentials as a, as a manager to keep you up in the league. Um, I'm quite surprised I didn't go for somebody, you know, with a bit of um, know-how is to avoid relegation. Because I think at the minute, you look quite a poor side. Sorry to say. We wanted an honest appraisal and, and, and you've given us one, you know, and you've seen us twice. So, you know, you've got, you can base it on, on, on what's gone before. Thank you very much, Ant. Thanks for coming on. Uh, really appreciate it. Really appreciate appreciate you being honest with us. We'll just rip us apart now. Go on, Adam. Final question was 
was the week of performance on Monday as bad as the 8-0 defeat that you suffered at our place? <laughs> no, it was not. No, it was not. I remember that game. It gives me PTSD. I actually got um, some stick from some Wigan fans. I went to KFC after the game uh, on the way back to the car. And some Wigan fans came up and uh, some some kids uh, reminded me about the 8-0. So, yeah, it's it's, a, it's something we're going to have to live with for a long time, yeah, isn't it? Got to fight. We've got much. We've got much to fight with at the moment. So uh, we want, <laughs> to be fair, if we ever beat side eight 0 I'd probably hold it over them for a while as well. It's fair yeah, play. Definitely. Thanks again, Ants, and uh, good luck for the rest of the season. No worries. Thanks, Same to you. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. If you look at the the twelve goals conceded in the last three games, you've got to say that you might get one or two of them that you could say are quality goals for the rest of them. We're just giving them away. And summed it up spot on there. He said, early on in the season, you were battling. And then when you look at the start of that second half, that's the, the two-ray go for it. I think before Colo Toure came in, I think I, I think I said to you guys, whether I said it on the podcast or not, I, I don't know. But I said, this isn't a Warren Joyce appointment. I'm not saying those words are have come back to haunt me, but... You have to. I think you have to be really, really concerned about any manager who comes in anywhere and is only gets one point in his first five games. There are mitigating factors with with injuries. He's trying a new style of play, the quality of players that is inherited, etc. But I think even so, it all smacks of he's not getting his message over. And I think you've got confusion on the pitch. You've got an incredible lack of confidence. It's really, really not looking good. And I wouldn't, I'm not one for pulling the trigger too early, but I'm sometimes guilty of giving the manager too much of the benefit of the doubt for too long. And all I can say is with uh, Colo Ture so far is that I'm absolutely underwhelmed. We, we've had discussions about getting over the sacking of Liam Richardson and getting into the new era and cracking on with it. We've got over that. Do you think the players have? No, well, but I, I mean, I've not. But... To be fair, in defence, he was appointed, wasn't he, to change the style of play. Now, my view is we've got an experienced CEO. We've got, let's say, an inexperienced chairman who take, who does seems to do his business on on Twitter, to attract someone who was in a cushy job, to spend that amount of money on the coaches that he's brought in and obviously himself, the wages. There's got to be, for me, a plan in place to to recruit in January because it's not going to be money, but is it going to be contacts that can get us... I'm not saying we're going to get a Reese James, but you know, there's a lot of players that we'd never heard of floating around the championship this year who'd come from youth sides or under 23 sides of Premier League clubs. That has to be what the plan is because I think Torres come in and there's no way in the world that those players could play the way that he wants to play. The trouble with that is we need seven or eight players if we're going to go down that road of playing the way he wants to play. And, and the trouble with seven or eight players coming in, it's, Warren Joyce brought us up, Malcolm Mackay did exactly the same thing. It never works. We're in the middle of a season. We need backlers. I'll, I'll say it here now. You're sacking Liam Richardson. You need to bring in a manager who can get you out the shit. And we've not. We've not brought a backler in. And said it. I've spoken to loads of other people. We were noted. Liam Richardson built a team of scrappers. Paul O'Toole doesn't want us to scrap. He wants us to play football. We've got the wrong set of lads for for, for what he wants. We, we 
if I can just say this, Paul, he's also yeah. got two coaches with him. No, I'm not decrying them and knocking them, but one of them has coached under 14s at Leicester City. He's 27 years of age. And the other one has coached under 15s, under 16s, and under 17s. He's also coached Arsenal's under 23s for a season. And he spent six weeks as manager of Crawley Town before he got sacked. There's not a yeah, lot of experience. Best, though. That club's the best Crawley, isn't it? It I doesn't mean, matter they, what. They, they, do, do you think we are any different? Be honest, at this moment in time, we're in an absolute dire position. Getting beat 4 1 three times on the bounce is disgraceful. That should have been addressed after the first one, and it wasn't. For me, I mean, I wrong, wrong still, appointment. Barry, that's a re, I think that's recency bias. The fact that because I, you know, I listened back to the podcast after that message I sent the other day. I listened back to previous podcasts, and this negativity wasn't there. And I think it's recency bias. I think that the second four one again, the Sunderland game. You know, we, we had a we had a period in that game where they were really under the cosh and we could have won that game. And then I think you went into the last podcast with some positivity. You all went for wins or the, I know Pete went for a nil-nil draw, but everyone else went for wins. It's a recency bias. Of course it is. is the it, fact that because we got beat 4-1. Adam, yeah, one, Adam. Based on one match. Adam. Based on one match. Is it is a recent appointment. Three. So it's bound to be a recent... But it's, We've gone yeah, worse. But it's based the new on manager bounce was one point, and then that was it. The new manager bounce was 2-1 no, no, loss, 4-1 loss, 4-1 loss, 4-1 loss. The positivity was there before this last game. The so one you, you bet, all changing your yet. opinions based on one game. You basically on one game because you all you all you all said positive after the last. You're all positive after the last game, and I listened to it, and it made Ooh. me feel good. I'm going to interject here with a couple of my own opinions. I think that <laughs> when we were under Richardson, there was such a loyalty to certain players. And I think that that went on a little bit too long and was costing us some performances because I think that we were starting players that should not have started. Colo Torre has come in and he's starting to show that similar sort of thing now. And I know that his hand's a little bit tied with some of the players he's got and injuries, but he too is starting to play players that are making too many mistakes. And I don't want to come on and name anybody. We're not closing down enough. We're too rigid. And I think that Colo Torre, like you say, Barry, wants to try and play football and we don't have that side to just play football. We can't set up like Leicester in the Premier League, sort of sit on a low block and try and break on the counter because we're not that side. We don't have the players to do it. But when I watched Hull and I watched Middlesbrough and I watched Sunderland, we're so rigid in our formation, like I said to Ant, with so much space and we're not closing down these wingers and they're just the crowd in us. But then I said in the first half against Hull that Nathan Broadhead and Tello Asgard had to come on that field to make a difference. And then you've got Tom Naylor has come in and he made a difference. He was closing people down, putting his body on. But like it is the same team. We're, we've got the same team. We've got the same players. But there are battlers within that side. And I know that Joe Bennett's getting a lot of stick at left back. But if you're looking at his stats and what he's actually bringing us per game, his accuracy in passes is quite good. But then you're sticking James McLean at left back. Yes, he's, he's putting in the effort and putting in the performance. I don't think I've seen his passing accuracy more than 65% for the last three games. But Joe Bennett's been up at 85 and we're turning possession over so much. Taking Adam's point a little bit about positivity and so on. I think it's fair to, fair to say that there have been shortish periods in, in matches where we thought, ah, we're, we're showing signs of what he wants us to do. And and I think we did we did talk about that while, while Ant was on. Um, and I agreed with Barry that um, there was a bit of a turning point in the match in the second half where we, we thought we would 
doing all right. And then there was a, a forced change of personnel because Joe Bennett went off. And I think all those things are very true. Unfortunately, as Paul keeps uh, constantly reminding us during this podcast, losing 4-1 in three consecutive games, conceding 12 goals in three games, that just, it absolutely stinks. And and I know I put, I put that tweet out that our, our goal difference at the moment is, is minus 20, minus 10. 10, half of that goal difference has come in the last, well, it's actually four games, but it's it's during the five games of, of, of Colo Toure's reign. That is not sustainable. Is it going to improve? Well, we, we've got to see some kind of signs very soon of how this is going to turn around. And I think it's only going to come through the transfer window. So let me, let me just run through the stats from, from that game. Possession, 49%. Attempts, we had six, Hull had nine. We hit the target once, Hull four. Corners, seven to five in our favour. We committed 10 fouls, Hull seven. Curtis still got boot for the Latics, Hull picked two up, and 14,615. The man of the match, voted for by our listeners on both Facebook and Twitter, although I have my tin helmet on when I did put the poll out, James McLean won it. What I'd like us to do now is to have a look at Saturday's game down at Kenilworth Road. We're playing Luton Town in the third round of the FA Cup. It's such a glamorous tie that it's been picked for international broadcast. In the build-up to it, I've spoken with Ian Robertson from We Are Luton Town podcast. So let's have a listen to what he had to say. Well, we're going to travel down to Luton on Saturday for the third round FA Cup, our favourite cup competition. Absolutely delighted to say that I'm speaking to Ian. How are you doing, Ian? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Looking forward to a little bit of a break from the hectic championship schedule that we've had. It's been mad, hasn't it? But um, we're good to have a little break. And we've got two weeks without championship now and a, a game dotted in the middle in the FA Cup. So Played you previously this season, back in September, and we came and did a, a job on you. Beat 2-1. We've been looking at your own form. You've only won three games. I don't know what it is, actually, this season. It's odd. I think going back to that game, <laughs> the title of that story was game management. You managed the game so well. It was such a frustrating game, I think. You know, you were managing the game in terms of putting out for throw-ins, going down. And so on. It was a really frustrating game. I've not known a frustrating game like that for quite a while. But I don't know if it was slightly part of the hangover of the playoffs last season. And there's that little bit of trepidation in the stands and stuff. Where Are we going to crash? Are we going to do that? Are we fully behind them? It's been a bit quiet for my liking in the stands. Not away from home, but unless we're up, it's slightly quiet. Maybe that's got something to do with it. But seems to be turning a corner now. I think it's more stark because our home form is, is always so good. I think only Sheffield United have got more points away from home than us this season. So that's where we seem to be getting the majority of our points. But hopefully that kind of levels out because, uh, you know, it's always been known as a fortress and a good atmosphere and, and whatnot. So hopefully that'll start swinging this way a little bit. Well, you, you've drawn seven games. So, you know, it's just... It seems like fine margins, as uh, the professionals like to say. Talking about that game, we've both changed our managers since. We've gone for Colo Toure, and yourselves have got uh, Rob Edwards has come in, and four games, three wins. The reaction to, to, to the results and him coming in, everyone was a little bit obviously nervy with him being ex-Watford, this, that and the other. And then since the results have started to turn around, the way we've been playing has started to turn around a little bit. 
people have started to say, well, you know, did we go a little bit stale under Jones? Were we becoming a little bit predictable? There's a slight truth to that, I think, in, in that under Rob Edwards, we seem to be a little bit more possession-minded, a little more attack-minded. We're willing to take risks a little bit more than settling for a draw. Uh, you know, the, the game against Huddersfield could have easily been a draw the other day, but he didn't. He switched it up. He put, some, uh, put attacking changes on, even though it was a defender that popped up and scored. You know, he went there, he was brave and, he, he you know, he made that change. I think that's the thing. He, he's just, um, he's been a little bit more, not risk-taking, but just trying to go for it a little bit more. I think, what did he say? Life comes at you fast or something like that. And uh, he was like, well, you know, you're not around forever, so just go for it. And it seems to be paying off, but I think the Luton camp just needs to temper it a little bit and not get too excited and just, you know, it's only a few games. I say that to myself as well. I'm like that on the socials. I can get a bit excited, but that's part and parcel of being a Luton fan. But yeah, he's been good so far. He's, he's looked really good. Saturday, a mouth-watering clash is being advertised as to the international audience. And we were talking previously about FA Cup draws. I know you, you, you know, you want a glamour tie, don't you? It doesn't matter what division you're in. You want a glamour tie, whether that be against an all-league side or a Premier League side, but we've drawn each other. Is it wetting your appetite? Not really. It's, <laughs> it's quite gla- I suppose it's quite glamorous for us in the fact that you, you've won the FA Cup before, so we're playing ex- ex-winners, but it's probably not for you. You've got to come to Luton with a third-round FA Cup clash. Uh, I don't know. It could turn out to be a, a real stonker and be a really good game. I think replays are back in again now, aren't they? So, it, you know, we could do without the draw, either win it or lose it for me, and we can concentrate on the league. It's nice to have a little run. We had a nice little run last year, and we we, we had Chelsea. I don't know if you saw the game at Luton, at Luton, and that was a close game and a really good game as well, but they just edged it. So it's nice to have a run, but it's actually nice to have a break. I think a little bit of the pressure can come off now. We can uh, maybe see a couple of the players that we, we, we wanted to see, some of the youngsters, get some minutes on Saturday. That'll be good. Yeah. What I was going to come to, but first I have to say, Ian, you spoke you spoke like a pro then when you said we could concentrate on the league. <laughs> so 10 out of 10 for that one. You mentioned in there about trying one or two of the youngsters. You've got a great striker in Morris who you, you picked up from, from Barnsley and he's, he's been playing really well this season. Do you think he'll be starting or is there likely to be changes up front? I actually think he, he might be rested or he might be on the bench. I think we might start with Woodrow, Woodrow and Carnick up top, actually. Both uh, uh, have been on the bench in, in the last few games, but uh, both have come and had some minutes. Woodrow popped up with a goal against Norwich. So I think he's due some minutes. He's just come back from injury. So he might start up top rather than Morris. That's why I would go for, I think, because Morris has worked so hard. If there's one area of our pitch that works relentlessly, it's our attack. You know, we're, we're front-footed all the time, always pressing, always. So they're going to need a little bit of a rest. Him and Adebayo might need a rest. From our point of view, I'm pleased with that. Thinking of that and thinking of changes, you know what type of form we've been in recently. We've been we've not been very good, but I have to say we're, we're a different side away from home. Uh, we've got a really good away record. How do you see the tie going? Form goes out the window, doesn't it? I think, is it the last three games you've lost 4-1? means nothing, Thank you. is it? <laughs> Well, sorry to remind it, but it doesn't it doesn't mean anything really. And we know you can play football because we we saw it we saw it this season already. You could possibly pipe up and sneak a one nil win or or whatnot. I have a feeling it's going to be a kind of a, a boring stalemate, maybe a draw and a replay. That's my gut feeling. That's my loot and head feeling. Obviously, I don't want that to happen. It's no good for anybody, but that's what I'm feeling. Yeah, I'm feeling a draw. Thank you very much for joining us, Ian. Whatever happens, I hope you enjoy the game. You never know. You might get knocked out by the cup winners. Well, hopefully it's not a draw, but that's the feeling. But yeah, cheers for having me. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Ian. Thank you. After listening to Ian, uh, he said that he's looking forward to the championship break, but I can guarantee that 
nobody's looking forward to the championship break more than we are. I think that that's fair to say. As you say, they've only won three games at home all season. They've got 16 home points. And if you look further down their table, Huddersfield have actually got 17 home points. If we're going to start looking at trying to compete well outside of the championship, I think actually Luton might be a good little break for us. And if we can get back to winning ways there, I am looking forward to going back to the championship. Rob Edwards has only managed one FA Cup game in his history. That was a first round tie for Forest Green Rovers and they lost 3-2 to St. Albans City. And he's never got past the second round in any domestic competition as a manager. So there's a little bit of a joy to take out of that one, especially when you've got Cole Torre, who's won a few. So I'm going to Hope that hope they can inspire the inspire the lads with something like that. Awesome bits of insight there, Charlie. <laughs> I think there was definitely a bit of staleness, like you said, under Jones. And I think they had seven wins, nine draws, five losses until Edwards eventually came in. He's got three wins and and one loss. And Ian was saying there, obviously, how they're more possession based and attack minded, and they're looking pretty good for it. So I think that I'm worried a little bit about how attacking minded they are because of how open we are at the back. And I think that if they do come. I know they might change the players around a bit. I don't think he said that Morris is likely to start and they're going to have a couple of the, the fringe players start. But if they can keep that attacking momentum up, I'm slightly worried. But I also hope that then we also bring a couple of our youth players with us, like Luke Brennan, Kieran Lloyd, just to maybe bring a bit more confidence in our backline and attack that we can actually go and, and make a game out of this one. I wonder if he'll be more likely to continue yeah with perhaps with different players but continue using it as a for want of a better expression a training exercise for the way that he wants to play i think listening to ian it didn't sound marvelously upbeat or or anything i don't know if it's because it's the fa cup or not i would, I would have thought normally you'd be rubbing your hands at playing us so maybe it's because maybe it's because of their home form as well i don't know so i'm i'm i think i'm more like you Charlie, perhaps more interested about who he'll actually play i'm certainly not anticipating a, a much of a turnaround in fortunes for me it's it's not so much getting the the passing right as getting the pressing right the other day against Hull I thought the pressing was absolutely abysmal it always seemed to be one player doing the pressing and then one or two others would suddenly join in a couple of seconds later no consistency no pattern it was so easy to pass around or press until suddenly we got we got Things going, didn't we, during during the start of the second half? I think there needs there needs to be a lot more consistency about that. Although I agree with all of you, I think we we haven't got the players for a passing and possession game. But I think we've probably got the players for who can provide that bit of effort and commitment and 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 so on. Who who will run? We had saw that early in the season. Who who were prepared to put the effort in? I think we've got those players as long as they, they, they're through through uh, practice in training, they can get the press right. And now that way, if we're playing higher up the pitch, away from our goal, I think we've got half a chance of at least keeping the scoreline down. Right, the referee for the, the Luton game in the Cup will be David Webb from County Durham, 44-year-old, has been on the national list of referees since the 2008-09 season. He's been in charge of 17 Latix games in the past. The last one of those was against Reading at the DW Stadium back in September. His card watch so far this season, David Webb has taken charge of 21 games, of which 17 have come in the Championship. And in those 21 games, he's issued 66 yellows, five reds, and he's awarded four penalties. That's David Webb, who will be the referee for the Cup game against Luton. Good old David Webb. The, uh, the score of the winning goal in an FA Cup final, I believe. 
Anyway, we've met oh. 17 on 17 occasions, four of which have come in cup competitions, three of them in the League Cup. We lost them all. The first time we met came in the League Cup back in August 78. Uh, first season it was in the Football League. Tra- Travelled to Kenilworth Road and lost 2-0. Uh, we faced Luton once in the FA Cup. That was the 7th of December 2002, our promotion season. That was the second round at, at the... Uh, I think it was the JJB Stadium then. And um, Howard Webb was officiating in that uh, particular game. There were two goals from the legendary Nathan Ellington, the Duke. Also, for different reasons, uh, Michael Flynn, the legend, gave us a 3-0 victory. And progression into round three, where we lost 3-0 to start. As we mentioned earlier... Uh, we won 2-1 in uh, September, uh, but reading from Barry's notes, he doesn't believe that that's going to have any bearing on this particular game. And I'm going to hand back to the excellent chair, Barry Worthington. Ironically enough, David Webb's, like you said, Adam, David Webb's dad, Howard Webb, was the referee when we last played Luton in an FA Cup game. Oh, that is a little bit of a quirky... Oh, is it? That's that. father and son, is it? No. <laughs> no, I would Webb's from Sheffield. David Webb's yeah. from County Durham. I'm just trying to inject a little bit of humour into what is an unhumorous situation at the moment. Or is it? Or is it? Can we laugh at ourselves? Of course we can. <laughs> We've been here humor. before. We've been here before. Right, Predictions. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the replay because I think this will be a draw. I'm with Ian. Ian said, Ian from the We Are Luton Town podcast said it was going to be a draw. And Barry from the Progress of Unity podcast reckons it will be a draw. And I'm going to go for one apiece. I'm going to stick with optimism despite all uh, the grief that the, the lads are getting at the minute. I think we're going to change the team around. We're going to go out and we're going to have a good game. But one more stat that I will give you is that. Our last three FA Cup appearances, we had a third round, then a first round, and then a fourth round. The last time that happened was 14-15, 15-16, 16-17. And the season after, we got to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. So I'm going to say that we're going to win. I'm going to go 3-2 to Wigan. We've not had one of these for a while. You know, since I went to that game, I think it was five years ago. We've not had this for a while. I'm going to go for a 7-0 win. Oxford was the last one. I have to apologise if I'm disappointing anybody, but I just see a group of players who um, have absolutely zero confidence and don't look as though they understand what it is that they're meant to be doing on the pitch. And I can't see that turning around before uh, Saturday. So, yeah, I would agree with Adam. 7-0 win. How has none of you gone 4-1 Luton? It's bloody obvious, isn't it? We've got a massive pattern being established, so that you know that's the obvious prediction. Got to echo everything everybody said about the lack of confidence. I think you know you've got a team that Liam Richardson and had battling. You know we looked at the exact same team playing the exact same way. On I, th- I think you know I am an optimist. Um, I have got the gallows humour set in, but I am an optimist because you know all teams go through it and they all come out the other side at some point. I'm gonna go with. With Barry and uh, and and the guest, and, and say, I go with a nil nil draw. Transfer window is well and truly open, so we're going to do a little transfer window watch. The first big rumor that I'd like us to talk about is 
Connor Wickham. His contract's up at Forest Green Rovers. It's been suggested to me that he's joining us until summer on a short-term deal. Centre-forward, played in the Premier League with Crystal Palace, played for Sunderland, Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday, MK Dons as well. This season he's got nine goals in 19 games, including one outrageous effort from the halfway line. He's had a little bit of problems with his hamstring. It's set him back uh, at least one full season. If he comes in, is he going to make a difference? Hamstring injuries are tough. It's to me, it's a bit of a Wilkie take a chance on a clearly a quality player. He scored a winner for Sunderland, I remember at Manchester City, I think, when they did the great escape. He's got some quality about him, but how often are we going to see him on the pitch? I mean, Wilkie when he first came, we didn't see him a lot, did we? You know, he, he he did he did a good job for us in that uh, administration season, but he was injured all the time, wasn't he? So he's, he's played nineteen times, Adam, this season, which you know it's not to be sniffed at, is it? Out of twenty four, no, fair enough. Five yeah. Games. Yeah. yeah, and maybe you know, Will, Will Keane, Will Keane's turned it around with his injuries as well. But I can't see, you know, when you talk about Torres' contracts, I mean, I'm pretty sure that Connor Wickham wasn't one of the players that he had on his presentation. You can't imagine him on the PowerPoint, can you, in a, a big picture of uh, Conor Wickham saying, this is what I can bring to Wigan Athletic. I think he's I think he's perhaps going to be a bit of a stocking filler, isn't he, rather than the main presence of the transfer window. What one would hope, at least, um, because, yeah. We're going to be light in, in the uh, forward area, if, if the rumours are to believe, with yeah. Broadhead going. Everton recalling, possibly going to Ipswich, Blackburn are sniffing yeah. around him as well. And also, yeah. well, what, there's a rumour that there's interest in Will Keane as well from, from Sheffield yeah. United. Yeah. you know, and, so, and it's quite likely that Ashley Fletcher won't stay if he doesn't think he's been getting enough game time. Mm. So, yeah, oh, I, I agree. Yeah, but all, all I'm saying is uh, he, he could, he, you know, he seems fit enough, uh, as you say, but is he going to be the answer to 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 our problems um i'm not sure i don't know it doesn't look i can't, like, ima- doesn't I can't look like imagine a, that it is but he doesn't look like a presser does he he doesn't look like that sort of player he's not somebody that i it stands out to me as somebody that we genuinely need i think that if you were gonna a lot of the talk this season about transfers that we need i don't think we've really covered striker as one of those i know a couple of people are saying that we do need another striker but with Charlie White coming back, we've got Keane scored ten goals, or nine goals this season. Broadhead, yes, he's going to go, but obviously he's been getting goals. So I don't know. I think that for me, I would try and improve our centre back situation. I would also try and improve our full back situation and a central defensive midfielder more than anything. You can also maybe make a case for looking to the players that we've loaned out and trying to see if there's a couple that we want to bring back. You know, Jamie McGrath and Stephen Humphreys are two that stand out to me. But then we've also got a lot in our under-21s that should they be given a chance of being given a go up, up in our um, up in our first team. Luke Brennan has got seven goals and or seven. He's got five assists, two goals for the under-21s. Josh Stone's been scoring quite quite a lot as well. He's got five goals for the under-21s. Do you try and give one of them a little bit of a go and just see if they can they can break it up? Because if you're looking at players to me that really stand out this season who've given us a really tough game. You're looking at your Ahmad Diallo, Patrick Roberts, your uh, Teller for Burnley. It's a lot of these younger players who have got an energy and bring something very different to the side. So 
do we look and try and see if we've got a bit of a gem in our under-21s like we found with Telo Asgard? I'm going to go the other way and see who, who, who should ship out. And I notice, and I'm not going to name names because it's not fair. But when you were discussing strikers, there was one name absent. Yeah, there's a reason I left him out of the strikers list, to be honest. I'm very underwhelmed with, with him. There's one player I think I'd like to address within the squad, and it's rumoured that he's going to be going as well, Graeme Shinney. There was a mate of mine on Twitter the other day going apoplectic because, and and it's absolutely true, he's probably got more championship experience than than perhaps anybody else in our squad. Um, and you just think, what, what what is it? I mean, at the beginning of the season, where Barry was getting a bit fed up with the, the number of man of the match awards he was getting, but he's then he's 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 nowhere to be seen. And I know, I think we've perhaps never quite seen the best of him. I'm just really puzzled why we haven't, because I think on his day he's probably the best player that we've got. Graham Shinner, the enigma, mm. not as good as everybody makes out. Mal Brannigan said after appointing Colo Toure. The one word that we're looking for is progress. And I'd challenge Mal Brannigan any time to tell us what progress has been made since Colo Toure is coming. Can it be progress with unity, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> one thing for sure, whatever will be, will be. And we will be at the DW cheering the lads on. Because that's what we do. And that's what it's all about. Supporting our football team, taking the downs with the hopes, because there's plenty of of downs and there's there's plenty of ups as well. So that's what football's about. We're in a sticky patch. Let's get through it together. Let's go and give them Luton Town at us a bit of a kicking on on Saturday and get through to the next round and put a smile on everybody's face. Until Sunday when we're going to review the game, it's up the FA Cup takes. Come on. (laughs) 